Hello and welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of the Deaf Thing Podcast with your hosts, Nicola and Sean. And in this episode, we've got something interesting for you. As you all know, we like to read books. How much? We're going to tell you in numbers, right? Because that's statistics matter, right? So what we're going to do in this episode is we are each going to give you three of our top books that in 2019 and three of our worst books in 2019. And, you know, we're going to have also a few honorable mentions along the way. So... Sean, since I did the intro, uh, can you tell us what were your three top books? Sure. Well, how so, much you read? So and let's all go that back stuff. and forth. Uh, how much I read? I don't even know. I bought a lot of books. So what I did is I went through my Amazon history, both my paper history or non-digital history, which contains everything from toilet paper to books to DVDs to microphones, and also my digital history, which contained, you know, Amazon Prime movies, books, and I don't know other stuff. So, having said that, I didn't keep track of how many books that I bought, but I would say number of books I bought compared to number of books I read, I probably read under less than a quarter of them easily. So, I'm a bad person who needs to read more. But uh, let's just say I didn't I didn't prepare for to give real numbers, so I don't want to give numbers because they're going to be uh, inaccurate. Because you know when you do things off the top of your head, you're incomplete. So, I will give my number three book. And then you give your number three, and then how about we do that, two, two, one, one. So my number three out of my top three is the book Never Split the Difference. It is a book about negotiation, and it was written by a guy named Chris Voss, who was for a long time a hostage negotiator for the FBI. So he knows a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to negotiation, when it comes to getting your family members back with all their body parts attached. So he is able to turn that, turn the general bits of advice into how to negotiate when you're buying a vehicle, how to negotiate for a job, just, you know, even trying to get a discount when you're standing at the register of a clothing store, whatever, just ways to talk to people and how to negotiate. Probably what his, his biggest goal is, is negotiating in business. So say you're a contractor and you sell your services to large companies and you sit down in front of you know, they're executives and you're trying to sell them on your product and agree on a price. He does that professionally. He has a whole company for doing that. But the stuff in the book can be used by anyone, anytime. It just teaches you a few specific things to listen for when, well, it teaches you a lot, but you can really pick two or three things to listen for in other people's speech, the way they say things, certain words, and give you a certain ways to say what you would have said anyway in slightly different words that makes it make it a lot easier on the other person to want to work with you and to want to help you and to want to uh, champion your side even within their own company or their own board of directors or with their own boss on your behalf. So highly, highly recommended. And I've been through it a couple times and I think I found it a little bit useful. Awesome, cool. Uh, okay, so my third one. So the the way I did it uh, again to brag, actually last year was the record of records. I actually read sixty three books, which was, as I said, record of records. Like probably last two years before that, I didn't read as much as I read in, in the last year. Right. Anyways, um, so the way I did it was actually I um, didn't count here the books that I actually read every day. Those are 
the Daily Stoic and the Maxwell Daily Reader. Those are just the books that I read literally every day. Uh, one page, that's it, right? Uh, so I'm not counting these here, but they definitely are, you know, something that I will always recommend, right? As for my top three books, I actually divided them in three categories. Uh, one is business, then second is personal development, and third is fiction. So now, of course, the fiction is kind of like the lowest on my, uh, well, usefulness metric. So I'm going to go with that one. And the best one there was actually uh, Evil Eye unbelievably short story actually a production by audible originals where they basically get multiple people so that basically every character has its own uh, narrator unbelievably good just three hours in and majority of the book well book audiobook is actually it takes place over the phone like people are talking over the phone and the production of it is just like it's really good like, so three hours, amazing. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Excellent. So my number two is, I chose all nonfiction for this. I probably, I definitely have some honorable mentions in fiction just because they were so great. But uh, I, th I was kind of hoping these things would be useful for everybody. So I agree with you that, um, I disagree with you that fiction is not important, if that's what you were implying. But if we're trying to be useful to people. Uh, anyway, my number two is The Hungry Brain, and I didn't actually write down the author's name, but I can find it in a second, and this is all about basically the science behind why we want to binge on certain foods and not others, and what about our hunter-gatherer lifestyle has primed our brain to work in a certain way, and this isn't any of the... Um, what do they call it? Um, the evolutionary biology or stuff where, not evolutionary biology, evolutionary psychology, yeah, that's what I'm looking for, where they say, oh, yes, because people act like this today because of, the no, no, it's none of that crap. It's about, they've done measures on hormones and things in people's bodies and see how they respond to certain foods in a certain way for a certain reason because before, and in even certain hunter-gatherer um, communities on the planet today, they have to expend a lot of calories to get a lot of calories. And if they've managed to get a high calorie meal, such as finding a honeycomb, they'll think nothing of just drinking two quarts of honey, like in, in one sitting, because yes, if we did that every day, we'd be dead of diabetes in three minutes. But because that's so rare and so uncommon, not only does it not hurt them to do it and it's perfectly healthy for them to do it, but their brain encourages it. And all of us in our first world countries with our you know, internet ability to order food delivered right to our house and being able to go to the grocery store and buy 10 million calories for 50 bucks because calories are so cheap, especially in processed foods, our bodies respond in the same way to junk food because they say, whoa, this is a lot of calories and fat and sugar and salt and carbs all in one meal, quick. I need to eat as much of this because I am, I'm actually starving to death right now. Like you could literally be 500 pounds, start eating this kind of food and your stomach will send signals to your brain telling your brain, hey, look what I got. And your brain will send signals back to your stomach saying, you're starving, eat all of it. And it's just, uh, it's Stephen Guionet, I think, maybe that's his name, is the author. He's a PhD and I heard him on, I think Joe Rogan or some podcast and 
he just has a lot of science and medical facts behind him. And it is not at all like a, a paleo diet book or trying to say, oh, there's this ancestral diet or this is the way we used to eat and this is the way our bodies evolved and that's why you have to eat this and avoid that. It's nothing to do with that. It does talk about calories in, calories out, and he's very above board and not trying to sell anything and not trying to sell you on some kind of crazy theory about eating a certain way for your blood type or you know, you should never eat carbs or you should never eat fats or any of that stuff. It's just all about the actual physiology of it, all based on actual experiments and research in humans and animals with data. So you can use this information to make smarter eating decisions. Awesome. It seems like we all could use this, right? Yeah, probably. Cool. Uh, okay, so my second one actually falls into the category of personal development. Well, I put it in the personal development. You can put it in autobiographies or whatever. But the point is uh, that I put it here, so let's go with it, right? Uh, the name of the book is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Uh, this book is just like... Let's say, let's suppose you do things, right? You know, you kind of like um, on a physical level and then maybe also on a mental level, right? You're kind of like, you know, top performer. But then you read this guy's book and you're like, okay, I'm humbled. Thank you. I'm going to go home. Uh, actually, also very inspiring book. So he came basically from being like 300 something pounds to then actually finally somehow read the book like it's really interesting get into the can't remember the so seals i think that's how it's called right yep. the seals team so go through that hell week he actually went through if i'm not mistaken uh, through hell week three times which is a feat in and of itself uh, and he is actually at least at the time of the writing the only person in the world that ever uh, was of course you're not admitted you have to like pass all the tests and whatnot to be admitted in SEALs team, Ranger, Rangers, and there is one more which I can't remember the name of, but that's like amazing. And actually he was the number, I don't know how you call it, the world, the champion or whatever of the most amount of push-ups and I think pull-ups in 24 hours. He tends to run these, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say crazy races of 160 miles and stuff like this. So again, what made him do this go and read it right and um interesting thing is also he did not have you know you're like oh probably he had you know like a very good childhood and all that eh, eh, think again go read it you'll be really surprised right uh anyways long story short unbelievably humbling and motivational book at the same time because he's like you know hey you all can become your better versions of yourself because he has this 40% rule where he says like, okay, so you think you can't do any more push-ups, right? This is actually your brain telling you because of course it wants, you, it wants to prevent you from you know, harming yourself in the long run, but that's just supposedly 40%. That's you know how he coined it, right? Um, the long story short is we can do much more than we are doing. That's it. What's your first book? All right. My number one book is definitely Deep Work by Cal Newport. This book is very inspiring. It's very useful. has a lot of practical uh, details and advice in it. And it's very applicable in today's world because we live in a world where a lot of jobs that can be automated have been 
and a lot of things are a lot of additional things are going to continue to be automated. Um, like if you think back to generation ago or so, they had machines on auto parts lines that were painting or assembling car parts because that's stupid simple to build a robot arm to do. But they couldn't dream of well, they could dream and that was it about getting a robot to defeat a human in chess. But later they were able to do that. But I remember hearing people say, well, yeah, well, chess, sure, but they'll never, a robot, a, a computer will never beat a human in the game of Go because Go is like practically infinite. And now computers are beating people in the game of Go. And I'm not saying this to be like a, you know, dystopian future guy, like we're all going to die, the machines are going to kill us or anything. It's just things that we don't need to be wasting our time and energy on. Computers will be doing for us, freeing us up to do more fulfilling, more creative jobs. We're going to be teachers. We're going to be programmers. We're going to be artists. We're going to be, I don't even know what, you know, new jobs will be created. You know, what we do, Nicola and I do, that job didn't exist 100 years ago. And a lot of a lot of jobs that existed 100 years ago don't now because we don't need them. And honestly, we'd probably rather not go back to them. The problem is, in today's world, with social media and with our phones constantly going off and with push notifications and alerts coming here and there and advertisements not just coming in your mailbox as junk mail, but popping up in your browser, popping up on your phone, popping up in the free games you downloaded onto your phone, just everywhere. We have lost our ability to sit and focus and concentrate on one thing at a time. Think about yourself. Do you watch TV while looking something? looking at something on your phone, do you work with the TV on in the background and music in your headphones? Like, it's impossible to multitask. And if you do things, two or three different things at a time, you're actually pretty much doing none of them. So, uh, it's just not something that we're used to. We've kind of atrophied that ability. So, with this book, Deep Work, and the advice in it, he talks about how exactly what the problem is, how to get around it, and how to build up your ability to focus on deep work, get a lot more done, and be a lot more valuable. Cool. Sounds interesting. Uh, my actually first book is uh, in the business section, and it's titled Radical Candor. This, oh man, like uh, <laughs> where to start, right? It's good. <laughs> it's good so much so that I would say everybody has to read it. Everybody that manages people or better said leads people should go and read it. Um, it kind of like gives you a framework on how to, you know, kind of like not be nice in a way, you know, I can't, you know, tell this person what I actually think because then, you know, I'm going to hurt their feelings where in fact you actually need them to do something, right? So in order to do right by them, you got to be radically candid. And she has all this, like this whole really framework around that I don't think I can do it in like, you know, these five, two, three sentences. But uh, even if you check out the rating, this book is really recommended. And again, I guess that, uh, well, I hope that me putting it on the first place actually means something. So um, again, now I'm going to do my 
uh, honorable mentions. So in the business section, instead of, I mean, not instead of, alongside of radical candor, there's actually two more. Uh, first one is five dysfunctions of a team. Um, and the second one is the coaching habit. In the personal development section, uh, the second one is how will you measure your life? And the third one is born to run, which again, kind of like doesn't fall into this personal development uh, unless you know you kind of like and you kind of like are an inspiring runner so you will definitely like that book and as for fiction uh, not a lot to choose from because i didn't read a lot of fiction but the second one is the pillars of the earth this is a totally on the opposite spectrum from the evil eye as my first one because it's i can't remember but i think it's probably more than 30 hours of content but definitely worthwhile it's uh it's really good yeah i was debating you know whether to put this one on that one on the first place but then again um this evil eye was something that i never saw before right so that's why i liked it and put it as the first place and the third one was actually dispatcher the dispatcher uh really liked it also very short i think it's like under two hours of audiobook and yes majority of these books were audio for me anyways that's it for my honorable mentions i do have the bottom three books so to speak but uh, first i'm gonna let you go sean and tell me what were your honorable mentions all right so i'll, I'll run through mine really quickly as well there's web design playground which is an html css book i may be an accomplished back-end developer but i'm crappy at front end and it's exactly the kind of book that I've looked for for many years where it's, I'm a programmer, I'm technical, I don't need to just spell out all the basics for me, and I don't, absolutely do not want something that is mostly a graphic design guide telling me about layouts and ratios and color schemes and how to make things pretty. Show me, tell me how to do something and then show me the actual code, the actual CSS to make it happen and go away, move on to the next topic. And it is the first book I found that does that. Strange Planet, there's a guy, Nathan uh, something, who writes a comic called Strange Planet, and he put out a book. It'll You'll read it in like 10, 20 minutes. It's really funny, you should check it out. There's Life Undercover by Amaryllis Fox. She was an undercover agent for the CIA, and she talks about her life and her missions and recruiting assets from other countries and from terrorist organizations and things like that. And it really puts a uh, kind of more of a human side, a human face on these secret things that we do behind the scenes to keep people safe. And I really think that more people, or at least more Americans, should be aware that this is going on and how important it is. And don't just vilify it as, oh, yeah, those are evil people that go into other countries and kill their leaders and murder babies and stuff. Because that's not what these people do. These are good family people. And they have really hard lives because of dedicating their their time to their country to keep us safe. And here's one example. Uh, one Good Deed is the next book. It's by David Baldacci. It's set farther back, like in the 50s, I think. And it's just about a guy who was unjustly convicted of a crime. He gets out of prison. He's on probation. And he is put in this small little town for his probation in the middle of nowhere in kind of the developing U.S., and just some adventures that happened to him. It's a departure for for Baldacci, for more of his uh, most of his thriller stuff is modern day, it's very you know technical and up to date. And it was really nice. A really it was a good story and all that. 
Okay, the next is Scrum, the art of doing twice the work in half the time. There's way too much to say about it, so I'll say nothing. I recommend it highly if you are a programmer. Uh, one, The next is All the Devils, which is the latest in the Livy Alone series. And Livy Alone, the first book is just actually titled Livy Alone. And it's a very good series by Brett Battles. Oh, sorry, by Barry Eisler. Um, and Barry Eisler is a great author. I recommend him in general, but specifically his Livy Alone story. Uh, all of the Livy Alone stories heavily are centered around the sex trade and sex trafficking business and the people who are affected by it. And this one does not disappoint. And last but not least is City of Nope, which is actually a series. It's is by Brett Battles, and it's the latest in the XCOM series. So it's like the third in the series, but it was just a lot of fun, and I super highly recommend it. If you want a really good read, I almost never reread or re-listen to a book, and I have re-listened to City of Nope just because I enjoyed it very much. All right, that's it. So what's your number three on your bad list? Number three. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to... Actually, okay, let's do it like this. I'm gonna you want to do all three? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to do all three, and you'll see why. So the first one was actually, as in the worst one, right? It doesn't have to be crazy at work. This is a book that we read as a part of our book club at work, <laughs> and it's funny because we really didn't like it. It seems like a lot of the people liked it, uh, like based on the reviews and you know Amazon, Goodreads, whatever, but we really did not like it. So I'm like. I like honestly am not sure who voted for that book to be good, but we're like, this is just like a commercial for their company. That's it. So enough said, right? Although to be fair, uh, I liked their other books like Remote Rework. Uh, this is from authors of, uh, I mean, I guess owners of Basecamp, uh, DHH and another name is escaping me. Um, and now the number two and three are actually from the same author. So the first one is actually called The Singularity Trap. And the second one is called We Are Legion or We Are Bob. And so I first read The Singularity Trap and I didn't like it, right? I'm like, again, I see reviews are awesome. So I'm like, okay, maybe I picked the wrong one to start with, right? And then I Googled, you know, which one to take because I was really trying to do something like SF. And then I tried the same one from the, I mean, the different one from the same author, also didn't like it. And I'm like, okay, it's just not a fit, mister. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there you go, those three. And interestingly enough, not all three fiction. So one actually kind of like, let's say a business book and two fiction. Excellent. Well, um, I didn't do any, any fiction. And <clears throat> when I say um, these are worse books, I don't think I read anything that I really hated. And if I really did hate it, I probably wouldn't have finished it. So um, keep that in mind. My number three is The Hero by Lee Child. And the reason is, and it's entirely my fault, I'm sure, is that Lee Child is one of my favorite authors. He writes the Jack Reacher books. And I heard he had a new book. I pre-ordered it. I was super excited. And it turned out to be a scholarly nonfiction piece about the word hero and its etymology and how it came to be throughout the you know, hundreds of years of language that have changed since then and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, when I started reading it, it was kind of interesting. And I'm like, oh, he's kind of uh, doing this prologue where he talks about the word hero before he introduces our main character and gets into the story because he's kind of setting the, nope, nope, the entire, the entire book is 
about that topic. So I didn't finish it. Number two, <laughs> and uh, in our last episode, Nicola said that we don't coordinate beforehand. We just surprise each other with our picks. And that will become obvious now when I tell you that number two is a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, <laughs> which I... Oh, man. I uh, bought and started reading at, I think, Nick, actually, Nicola recommended it. And I heard something about this guy, about how he did, like, really stupid things to his body. And I was like, this guy's an idiot. And I'm not interested. And then he had one of our mutual friends, Jason, read it. And Jason was telling me how great it was. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. I'll read it. So started reading it. The beginning, the first third or so is great, right? It's... I mean, it's horrible. It's really, really horrible. It's about this poor kid and his abusive father and his shitty life and, you know, getting beaten with like the buckle of a belt and being forced to work as an elementary school kid at a basically nightclub every day after school till like after midnight, falling asleep on in, in, in the father's office, not getting paid failing in school and being illiterate because he's literally too tired to stay awake in school. You know, how his mother finally got away from his father and got him away and all these things happened. And, you know, it's a really great story in that way and that it's inspirational and that, you know, it's horrible, but at least he got out of it and he made something out of himself and all that. So all that is wonderful. And then he takes himself from a shitty student who can't read, doesn't care, cheats his entire way through up through and including high school pretty much, but then decides to turn his life around, get a tutor, work triple hard, make something of himself. It's all great up to that point. But then he immediately goes off the deep end. I think he has serious, serious brain damage or issues of some nature. And I'll give one example and I'll leave it at that. He not only pushes his body past the limits to where oh, wow, he really went the extra mile and he set a record and he did something very few people have the internal you know, stamina to do. No, no, no. He was literally vomiting blood during a training session in the military, was forced to sit down and stop. And every time they turned their backs, he was back doing the exercise. And that is not... To me, bravery, that's not perseverance, that's not stamina, that is not commendable. He is a fucking idiot. He Nope, I totally disagree with everything you said. All right, well, you, we have difference of opinion, so I will leave it. So the rest of the book is about him <laughs> beating the crap out of his body unmercifully, and I can't get behind, enjoy, or read that. So read the first third. It's very inspirational. The guy's amazing. He deserves all the accolades, but I don't believe he should be applauded for what he's done and I don't th after that and I don't think he should uh, be emulated by others. And my first number one book is Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And I really wanted to like this book. And I read the entire book all the way to the end and it's all about, you know, something I completely agree with that we need kind of peace and quiet, stillness, meditation, don't try to multitask, focus on one thing at a time. And, you know, he talks about some things about philosophy and a little bit about religion and this, that, and the other thing. The problem that I had with the book was he had these recurring themes within the book that just really pissed me off. Like one of the things he kept bringing up 
religion and implying he said multiple times you don't actually have to have religion to you know do all the stuff that he was saying but i don't think he was being honest there because he kept bringing up religion and religious figures as you know prime examples and he also said that he he literally said this you can read the book that you cannot be a full or whole or truly happy person unless you're married which I just and he and he he really pounded on that pretty heavily in one of the chapters that was about I guess companionship and things like that. But then he also brought it up a few times throughout. Like here's a person saying that no human is is able because we're a social species and because of the way that we pair up or whatever that it's literally impossible for a person to truly be happy unless they're married, which I think is stupid. I mean I'm married. I'm happily married. I don't want to be divorced, but I'm. I just can't imagine that there are, I imagine there are many, many people out there who are not married that are happy not to be and enjoy, you know, their lives as they are. So, and I think there were a few other things that he it was like, there's enough kind of pseudosciencey bullshit in there that you can see he's clinging to and mixed in with all of the really good stuff that it just flavored the whole thing with enough bullshit that I just overall couldn't wait to finish the book and you know, close it. Cool. That's my third. Okay. Book. Well, there you have it, folks. Our list, of course, I'm going to put uh, links in the show notes uh, so that you will be able to click and check out for yourselves. Anyways, you know, if there are any listeners out there, please leave your comments. What were your best and worst three books in the 2019? Until next time, see you, folks. All right. Thanks for listening. 